Chasing It Outdoors, right here on the Chasing It Outdoors podcast. All right, welcome to the Chasing It Outdoor podcast, right here on the Chasing It Outdoor network. First off, we want to thank you for tuning in in today's show, and today's show is brought to you by all of us right here at Chasing It Outdoors, which is really just me. I'm your host, Robbie Surface, and on today's show, we've got a local guy by the name of Clay Martin. How are you, Clay? I'm all right. How are y'all? Uh, dude, just hanging out, just hanging out. Clay is first and foremost a land manager and has recently created, on top of it, drone deer recovery and services. Now, I mentioned the land management side of it because he spends a lot of his days outside in the woods where the game that we chase lives. I presume that helps him a lot when it comes to recovery because he does he, he understands topography, where animals live, and where do they tend to go when injured. Clay, take a minute and tell us a little bit about yourself, buddy. Ah, uh, well, I just turned 38 years old. <laughs> I've got I'm in here. I was not going to ask how old you are. <laughs> uh, um, I mean, the place I manage is called Rock House Farm, about 4,000 acres. And yeah, we do deer and quail, and there's two ponds to be managed on the place. Okay. And how long have you been hunting? Fish. Sir, I said, how long have you been hunting? I didn't mean to cut you off. There's a little bit of a delay. How long have I been hunting? Yeah. Oh, I don't know. Since I was five or six. So a long time. And then that's where I've yeah. got in here in my notes to not ask how old he is. <laughs> yeah. Well, how did you go about getting into the land management side of things? Oh. I don't really know. It just worked out that way. I worked for my dad doing construction in my early 20s, and then that kind of just, you know, it didn't work out that great. And I uh, went to work for a farmer for a little bit, and while I was there, I ended up going to work where I'm at now, kind of how it ended up. Mm -hmm. Working with your parents is often difficult. At least I know it was for me when we were in the restaurant business back up in Atlanta. Um, so, yeah, it's, I'm glad it worked out the way it did because I don't know that I'd have gotten to know you otherwise. And we're going to take that and go ahead and get into the nuts and bolts of this show, which is the drone services that you that you offer. Um, what made you want to get into the, the drone recovery as a service? Yes, sir. Yeah, what what made you want to do that and offer that as a service? Well, at the plantation, I, I have to track a lot of deer anyway. <laughs> and, uh, and so, and I've had a few dogs, nothing against dogs. Uh, I just, none of the dogs I had were very good at tracking deer, and that's probably because I didn't spend a lot of time with them or I didn't have the right dog. Uh, and I, I seen the drone, um, how it worked and, and everything. And I really liked it, not only for deer, track, deer tracking, but also for other management purposes, you know, where you can do population or, or whatever, really. 
Yeah, that was going to kind of lead into my next question, in all honesty. What other services do you offer with the drone, and what other opportunities outside of recovering wounded game can the drone be used for? Ma'am. So, uh, of course, you could do your population and then – and how, how would you do that? Of, You're just flying the drone and just kind of taking account. Yeah, yeah. You'd have to have two people, and um, and I don't. I'm sure somebody knows. I haven't done a lot of it, but trying to get the sex of every deer would be difficult. Mm-hmm. Uh, but you could definitely do with the population. You just grid it off, and you know it's not going to be an exact number, but you can get close to the how many deer you have on your property okay yeah and and that makes sense just by counting i guess early season uh when they're still when they when they've got velvet on you can tell antlers by them and once they drop that velvet it's a lot harder to tell in the thermal correct yeah but i mean i can do it in the daytime so the best flying times is well if it's cloudy like it is today you can fly and do all day but if the sun's out you would need to get started at uh you know right at daylight and fly till that sun starts getting up once the sun starts getting up it is difficult to everything becomes hot every stump every tree every limb i got you every I, rock. I, I would have so, thought that flying at night would have been more um better i guess you could say i it is uh, everything sticks out like a sore thumb at night. The, the only thing is at night is you got to use that spotlight. As far as if you're, tr- you know, when you're trying to determine if it's a wounded deer or whatever, you're going to want to look at it. So you got to get that spotlight, and it's not always that easy to get the spotlight on the animal. Like if you were doing, uh, if it's injured. It's not that bad. It's not going to run away. But if you're trying to do uh, herd analysis or get the see if it's a buck or doe or whatever, and you got to get that spotlight on it, chances are it's going to run, and it, it's not that easy. Where in the daytime, if you wanted to do it, you get there at daylight, start flying it, and everything I see, this all I got to do is click over to the daytime camera, and. And they don't even know that. I mean, they'll hear it, but they ain't got a spotlight shining on them, so they're not, they're not really run. The animals don't really run in the woods from the drone if the spotlight's not involved. You put them out in the middle of a peanut field, and you know, July, August, you fly it over them. My experience is they're going to run from it. And that was one of the questions I was going to ask a little bit later because it has been, you know, at the shop at Shiver Outdoor and Archery where I work, you know, the drone gets brought up quite frequently. And you've got those guys that say, yeah, absolutely not. I don't want the drone over the top of my property. Or, yes, I think the drone is a good tool for herd analysis, population, finding the deer that I shot that I'd really like to recover. What's your thoughts on? the drone flying over property and how it affects deer that's not been shot, you know? Yeah. I mean, I don't think it, it might spook them and they run a hundred yards, but as long as I don't chase the deer, I mean, it's just like anything up there. Okay. So the guys that are worried about, you know, I don't want that drone flying over my property and scaring all my deer. You and 
let's say you've had your drone, what, four months or so now? And all of the time that you spent airborne, you've not noticed any any frightening of the animals and they don't come back? No, I would, I would never say that it would do that. Yeah, and uh, I didn't think so either. You know, I had Lane come out here at the house when he first got his and we were looking for a few deer that I was wanting to hunt once bow season came in and, you know, he flew right over the top of him. I don't know at what foot or footage or feet how high he was flying, but, you know, those deer were on camera after they walked off from where he could see them within 30 minutes. Yeah, I mean, you're, uh, you're never going to, you know, spook them like where they run away and don't come back. I mean, where I work, we bird hunt and go through the woods with two bird dogs, a horse, and a jeep, and we'll hunt a section in the night afternoon get get the deer on camera so i mean they don't they're hard to spook right like that bad, you know yeah i mean and i just hear it talked about sometimes at the shop where guys are like i don't want that thing flying over my property dude i mean it's really not that big a deal trust me no it ain't i don't know why you know well i guess with it being new and it's still kind of different for the folks around here there's not a well, i ain't gonna say there's not a lot of technical folks around here but it, it is new um so and that kind of brings me into my to my next question there's always a topic between drone, drone recovery or dog recovery and i've seen early on at least where there was a couple of debates on facebook and i know you well enough to know that you're not going to throw jabs and if you know, if you don't agree with something, you're not necessarily going to chime in. You're just kind of just let it go. That's just the type of person that you are. At least that's what I've gathered. But in your opinion, is the drone superior to dogs? And if so, why? Uh, the only thing I can say about the drone is you could probably cover more ground without having to do without having to do a lot of walking and and i'm not gonna sit here and tell you one's better than the other the drone is the way i wanted to track deer and matter of fact i have a dog coming that i'm going to use with the drone this coming season um if he if he'll bay a deer uh but i you know the the river bottoms i'd say the dog is better uh, especially early season when that canopy's so thick um and the other morning it was foggy, and I had one of our local deer trackers uh, find. I went and looked for the deer for an hour, and never found the deer. And he came and found the deer two hundred yards from where I was looking. So, so it's there's... not perfect. It's not the best. I mean, it's it. You know, it, it has its flaws, and I guess other drone pilots would be like, "Oh, he didn't do as good a job as I could." But no. I mean, we're all human, and we all make mistakes. So, well, and I said I, all I of that. Know. I think there's actually a place for both. Uh, yeah, I agree. Both tools. You know, a mechanic that works on vehicles for a living. I mean, he don't have just one screwdriver or wrench in his toolbox. He's got multiple tools, and there's often a time where a one tool will work better for that job than another tool. 
Yeah. So you're bringing a dog in to to be a part of on top of a drone deer recovery services for yeah, the, for next year. Oh, dude, that's cool. Yeah, we had you know I had plenty of dog uh, some friends that got deer dogs and all that, and they wanted they always wanted to assist me if I had one that was shot in the leg or or injured and it needed to be bait. But that's just that's really hard. If I go to a track, they called they they called me to come bring my drone track a deer, and then I get there, and we find the deer's got his leg blowed off, and he really needs to be baited up. Well, then, you know, I don't feel like I need to accept the payment because they need to call the man with the dog to finish the job. So I just you know went ahead and said I'll get a dog and add the dog. And, and we'll be done with that. We right. can find the deer, deer with the drone, and we can go in there and bathe the deer too. And, you know, I won't use them every time or every track because a lot of them are dead. Right. But there's plenty of of uh, ones that are not dead. And then they're, then you, if you try to walk in there just without anything baying them, or, you know, they're going to get up and run off. But, they can outrun a human, but if you put that dog with them, they can't outrun him, and he can bay it and all that. Right. And then I, I, I'm going to go back a little bit to something that you just said, and that was, you know, talking about not taking payment. Folks, that's the type person that Clay is. Um, so I want you all to know when you all listen to this that he's not a, a guy that's just out there to get you know, every dollar that he can. He's an extremely genuine person. And as he just said, if he didn't feel like he could finish the job, he's not 100% sure he should take payment. That speaks volumes about him. Clay, uh, how far would you travel in and around our area with the drone? Uh, I think the farthest I've been is about 60, 70 miles from Leesburg. I can hear you working in the background. I hope I ain't holding you up from too much work. No, you good. No, I, I did. I did end up going to Macon one day. Uh, so how far that is from Leesburg? That's a good hour and a half. Yeah. All right. Uh, what do you think your recovery rate for the drone was this year? And I know there was times that you stayed extremely busy and, you know, like, all right, here's your deer. I'm going to drop a pin. Here are the coordinates. I've got nine other calls. I've got to take off. Um what do you think your recovery rate was? Uh, somewhere I did, man. I didn't keep up with it like I should because I really didn't think it was going to be as good as it was. And I'm gonna log it a lot better this coming year. But I'd say I was around 70, 80 percent. Now this is where the the dog hunters will probably argue with me. That's not on the tailgate. That's uh, that's me finding the deer, whether it was dead, whether it was we did get to get in there and kill it. Or I confirmed that the deer was not going to die, in my opinion, or our opinion, sitting around looking at the screen. Um, you know, so technically I did find the deer. We Let's say we didn't put it on the tailgate. I found the deer. We came to an agreement that the deer was not going to die. So, you know, they got that closure. Right. But that deer's not on the tailgate. Um could some of those deer that we didn't get that we found, could they have been bait? I'm sure some of them could have, and they could have got in there. 
you know, if you ran it a mile and wore it out. But then again, is that right? Is that really, exactly. Is that really hunting? Is that really recovering, or is that a new hunt? I don't know. Yeah, and that's a debate that I think that is in and around the drone um, industry uh, for what we're doing, if you will, uh, is. Or is that a new hunt? Are you using that that drone as a tool to go kill? Or are you using that that drone to recovery or to recover? Um, and that's why I, I mentioned the land management side of things for you because I want people to understand that this dude's not just a tech, technical nerd, if you will. I don't know how technical he is. I mean, I get the the opportunity to work on his bow, and at times there's like you know. Which way I got to move the site? Or, or, or what do I do with this? So that's where the land management, I think, plays a, in part into all of this is because you can look at that animal and say, yeah, I don't think that deer is mortally wounded. He'll live to, to see another day and you'll get another opportunity to hunt him. Or that deer's not going to survive. We need to go to the next step in order to recover said animal. Because you spend so much time outside, you spend so much time with these animals, whether it's in a tree stand or, you know, on a tractor or a mule or on your feet, quail hunting or whatever, you know what you're doing because you spend so much more time outside than most of us. Right. When do you think your busiest time of the year was this past year? Uh, Right before Thanksgiving, Thanksgiving, right after Thanksgiving. So November. Okay. Yeah, yeah. I, I can be I can remember being a kid and my dad killing his biggest deer on Thanksgiving Day and he always killed really good deer in on in or around or on Thanksgiving. Um and that's kind of what I expected you to say. But uh yeah. I just I just wanted to ask for those that are listening to uh to, to get a good understanding of when the busy time is and you know when when the rut is in and around our area even though that we know already know that or at least think we do in yep. in all of your your recoveries your calls are there are there more calls for archery related shots or firearm related shots mm, probably firearm firearm so you get more calls for, yeah. for you just got a lot more. You just got a lot more rifle hunters. Mm-hmm. All right. And then, which ways do you advertise, and how can someone find you? Uh, mainly, I only advertise through through Facebook. I haven't haven't really done much more than that. Which I know you got the brochure because we got some of those at yeah, the shop. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I do have the brochures. Do you plan on doing any more advertising for going forward, or are you just going to kind of stick with just the, the Facebook? I probably would just, you know, do the brochures at the deer processors and and uh, and do the Facebook. I mean, I I think it's it's good enough. Well, you stayed busy enough because I know the times that I seen you out in different places that you know that you were at a, a family event, but you wasn't there for my family's event. You were actually there looking for a deer that one of our family members shot. Um, That's right. And you always stay on the go, so it, it sounds like the Facebook stuff's working plus word of mouth and whatnot. 
Well, is there anything else that you would like to add that hasn't been mentioned? You know, we're right here around 20 minutes, which is what I told you that I'd try to keep it to or around because I know you're working. Is there anything that you would like to add to educate people and give them a an opportunity to to get a better understanding as to why the drone is is a tool that should and can be used or or anything for that matter? Mm, I'm trying to think of something we haven't covered. Yeah, you've got a, you've got the floor is open, and here is your opportunity. I don't know how many people will listen to this, um, as this is one of the first podcasts that I've done on my own. Of course, I'm on a couple of other podcasts uh, with a guy out of Atlanta that we've done for a long time, and then do some bows and brews stuff with with the guy from TikTok, Scotty Evans. But this is one of my first podcasts on my own, so. I'm learning as we're going, and uh, so. Well, I mean, me too. You know, the drone it it does great for deer recovery, and then it, you know, I, I've got to really do some things to figure out on the on doing like density and stuff like that. Um, and then really open to whatever. Yeah, um, some of those other services that can be provided. Yeah, there's so many. Might think of something that I haven't thought of, you know, and then we just go from there. Uh, now, one thing, one thing it does do, it'll find every wild hog you have on your property. That's what I was fixing to say. I can't tell you, I can't tell you that we can take the drone and use it to kill them, but we can find the spots they live. And, um, you know, I'm a big dog hunter and four mm-hmm. hogs and that's why i really don't ever talk bad about the the deer dogs I, that, that's people's passion they spend a lot of time and and i admire that and i will never you'll never tell me or i'll never tell you uh the drone is superior to the dogs i mean i i think the dogs are just as good this is just the way i want to track deer and i'm adding a dog to it too so there you go uh but as far as all the things the drone can do on your property, I don't really know. But I do not think it scares the deer in any way that you would have to be worried to not want the drone over your property. And yes. I know I hear some people talk about privacy and all that. I mean, I'm I'm not out there looking for you. If I if I happen to accidentally cross the property line, because I don't always know where the property lines are. And I, I don't 100% know the, the rules on that. I, I know that it's... You're in airspace when you're up there, but then yeah, you've got to go through and do all of the the legal things um, in order to fly that thing. Correct classes and yeah, licenses, you, et cetera. Yeah, you have to have a unmanned aircraft license, and it's pretty tough. Uh, the way I passed it, well, first I bought the study guide online, which was just literature and and I read it and read it and I was not learning. And one day I was sitting there and I just went to YouTube and uh, typed in UAS, I think that's what it's called, study guide. And I just watched videos. And without that, I wouldn't pass it. And I, I'll be honest with you, I barely passed it, but I did pass it. And right. after you have it, you don't ever have to worry about, as far as I know, you don't have to worry about losing it. I mean, maybe if you did something, you could... Now, if you did something against the law, you of course you could lose it. But as far as having to to take it again in two years, I'll have to take a uh, like a renewal. But is that, that's not pass or fail. You just have to do it just to kind of continue an education kind of thing, right? 
Right. But yeah, you can lose it if you break the law. I mean, you can't drink and fly drones and you can't, there's a lot of rules that, you know, if yeah. you were interested in, you could read about, but yeah. Well, and again, I know you well enough to know that you're not just intentionally flying over property lines and buzzing in windows and and trying to see what they're watching on TV and who's winning the ball game. And you know, I, I know better than that. And unfortunately, yeah. there is some yahoos out there that I don't want it over my property. I shoot it down. But there, you know, uh, it, I it, think that's a big, big. You shoot a drone out of the sky. That's that's a big deal. That's I'm pretty sure it's a felony. I'm not sure because it is in airspace. Mm-hmm. It's it, not your it, space. You don't own the I, air above your property. Yeah, I mean, it's got a right to be there. And I understand I can't be uh, above your house looking in your swimming pool in July. <laughs> I, I agree with that, but. Wouldn't want to either. Because uh, your wife will have your head. <laughs> there you go. Um. All right, dude. Well, I, I really appreciate you coming on and doing this. Um, we've gone a little over what I what I was trying to keep yet because I know you're working, but I really appreciate you taking the time to do this. Give everybody out there listening your your Facebook uh, info and the contact info to get you in case they need you. Of course, now deer season's out, but you know if little Rara runs off and Mama can't find Rara, can they call Clay and? And uh, have Clay come find Rara? They can. Um, I will say this. Dogs are not easy to find. And other drone people might argue with me and say they have good luck doing it. I don't. Uh, dogs, uh, first off, if it's a hunting dog, that, that might be a little easier because you know he's going to be in the woods. But but a, like a little pet dog, a lap dog, a shit zoo, a poodle. Mm-hmm. When they run off, they tend to get scared and they go under a house, they go under a car, they get under a garage. And I'll be honest, I don't find them. Okay. And I always tell I always tell everybody that it's gonna come home. You know? Right. And they do. Most of them text me and say, Hey, we found it. And I've gone and looked for some. I, I you know, I try to help. I want I got the thing to help people. Mm-hmm. But you know, when you're looking for a deer, you got a pretty good area if the deer's dead where he's at. When you look for a runaway dog, you don't have a clue where to look. Yeah, and the only reason why I even mention that is because I know another gentleman that's found some found some dogs using his, and I'm gonna get him on the podcast too here here soon, hopefully. But um, I know he's done it, and I, I assume that would be a service that you would offer just because of the type of person that you are, not for another yeah, way to try to it. put a dollar in your pocket. It's just who you are. And like you said, you got this to try to help people and yourself. And if Ra Ra runs off and and you call Clay and you know, he says, you know, yeah, he's coming back. He's probably under a car right now. It's gonna be tough to find. You know, it's well, probably gonna I be tough the, to find. The way I do the dogs is uh, you know, for a deer, if you call me for a deer, I do charge you whether I charge you something whether I find the deer or not. And then the, and then, so there's a service fee, and then there's a finder fee on the deer. With the dog, man, people's hearts are broke when their dog's missing. And I don't charge them to come. I only charge them if I find the dog. Maybe I should charge them to come. Maybe that would make me want to do it a little more. But my success rate on finding dogs isn't that good. And I don't I don't know about I'm not speaking for other drone pilots. You know, I know some people that they only have drones to find dogs. But in a subdivision, 
Especially most of the time it's at night in a subdivision. Do you know how many dogs you find? And then you're trying to figure out if it's <laughs> if it's rah rah or not. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I, I can't mean, imagine. It's, it's, not, it's not easy. So I can't imagine. Well, give but a shout yes, out. We do do it. To your uh, your Facebook page and your phone number, and he will try to come find Ra Ra, but he can't promise that he's going to find Ra Ra. Well, the yeah, and my Facebook is on top of it. Drone deer recovery, and then my phone number is. Uh, you ain't looking for it, are you? No, I was looking for my Facebook. But I don't know that. I was at that. It's on uh, top of it, drear, drone deer recovery and services. There you go. But my phone number is uh, that that it's got actually got a different number on the on the Facebook, but it it goes to my uh, personal one now. Forwarded all the calls because I got tired of being like Kevin Gates and having two phones. <laughs> 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 but. Uh, and my regular, my personal number is 229-854-9120. All right. Say that one more time. 229-854-9120. All right. Maybe they, maybe with, with it being said two times, they can write it down. If not, they can look it up on Facebook on Drone Deer Recovery yeah. and Services right there in Lee County, Georgia. Mr. Clay Martin, dude, I really appreciate you taking the time and coming on to the show. Hopefully, you don't have to work too hard on this Monday. I haven't been outside since about 8.30, so I don't know if it's starting to warm up or not, but I know the last few days it's been cold enough that it made us tough to work outside. Yeah, it's about 40 now, so that's warm up. Heat wave. Yeah, heat wave. All right. Well, we appreciate y'all taking the time and listening to today's podcast with Mr. Clay Martin. Uh, we've got another one coming up here real soon with Scotty Evans from Feather and Antler in Commerce, Georgia. We're going to do a podcast with him. Also, we've got a few other folks that I want to chat with here in the local Leesburg area and see if we can't get them on the podcast. But until next time, y'all remember, put God first and keep chasing. All right. All right, dude. I appreciate you, man. I hope it worked out. I hope you got to say, um, you know, some things that you wanted to, to touch base on. It may get one listen. It may get 500. It may get more than that. I, I, I don't have any way of knowing. Yeah. But it was something I've been wanting to do, and I've talked about doing it. And I, I just I couldn't make myself do it, and I bought all this damn camera equipment. And I wanted to find or, or needed a way to kind of offset the slow time of the year, so. I figured I'd throw, throw a wrench in this and see what happens. All right. All right, dude. Don't work too hard. All right. See you. See you, buddy. Bye. Bye.